Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love. It's your opportunity to ask questions of Mothercraft nurse, Chris Minogue. Whether you're in a pickle over how you're feeding your baby, settling them, or you may be bringing a baby home to a toddler and want some pointers on how to deal with that, behavioural issues, feeding, Chris is here to help you tweak everything and make your life a more smoother and enjoyable experience. (laughs) Am I right, Chris? Well, we only hope that's what we can do for you. (laughs) No pressure. No No, pressure. None at all. If you'd like to ask Chris your questions, there are a number of ways ways you can do that. If you're watching us live by the Facebook video, pop your comments below. If you're listening to us via podcast, you send us an email to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au and Chris will answer your question next week. The other way, if you're watching us live, is to give us a call on 1-800-543-772. That number again is 1-800-543-772. First up, though, we have a question from Grace, who has a 22-month-old. Apparently, there has been a sudden change in sleep and settling. Right. Our daughter is usually really good at self-settling, falling asleep and staying asleep as per her routine. She was sleeping from 7pm till 6.37 most days and having a solid one and a half hour nap at 12pm after lunch. Now she resists her naps, often violently, throwing her bunny and dummy across the room and screaming blue murder until we get her up. And I'm starting to resort to techniques such as sitting with her until she falls asleep, something I've never had to do before. Some days she will get one and a half hours, others only 30 minutes sleep, and some days none at all. Bedtimes are often the same production, despite following a familiar quiet routine with bath and story time, etc. She has also started waking much earlier in the mornings, around 5.30 or 6. First, I thought she was teething, plus the daylight savings change and cooler mornings. I've started dressing her more heavily overnight, but this has been going on for nearly a month now. I'm seven months pregnant too, so I'm wondering if that's contributing as she might be sensing a change. That's from Grace. Oh, I don't think she's sensing the tra- the change as in that it's a physical change. It's not a baby there yet sort of change. I think it's probably um, just age-related more than anything, and it's become behavioural. So the only adjustment that I would make is maybe try putting her down at um, putting her down at twelve thirty, sleeping till about two, and then putting her down at seven thirty at night. So those little adjustments might decrease the um, anger of which she's throwing things about. But in the end, it's about dealing with that behaviour and her self-settling. So let's try just tweaking the timeframes. So if she's up at 6.30, 7 in the morning, I'd put her down around that 12.30 window. Um, the latest I'd put her down is the 1 o'clock window and I would only give her an hour. So she needs to be up by 2 to go down in a less violent way by 7.30. So those little tweaks might help decrease what is already hostile and almost learned. The second part of it is not to play into the behaviour. So the throwing of the to- the um, snuggly and the dummy on the floor is just a tactic to get you back. So I just keep walking. And when I go back, I don't give them back to them. 
So you might, most people can't do that. So at least give her a warning. So if she throws it once and then you say, if you throw this again, I'm not going to pick it up then you need to probably follow through on that because they're just tactics. But the tactics are telling you that maybe the timing is wrong. So let's see if we can get that to to sort of settle everything back down again. And I notice here that Grace says that, um, you know, she was sleeping really well before and everything was fine. So are you saying that the change in her behaviour is developmental because of her age? No, it's because she was going to, you were still putting her down at 12 o'clock and she was probably ready to go down at 12.30. Okay. So because she, she was going down too soon, she had the energy to fight because she literally wasn't tired enough to go to bed. And then going down at 7.30 instead of 7. I think is when she's putting her down. Yes, so those little yes, so. changes um, have created the pattern of behaviour being throwing and kicking because she just wasn't ready for going to sleep. So my my best bet here is to twig the times and it will settle things down. But now she's become learned. I want mummy in the room. Because it's been a month. Yeah, so it's been a month of doing this. Okay. So the next thing is once you've twigged the timing and see what fixes, then the next part is to say, you know, I lay her down, give her a pat, walk away. And like everyone talks about giving her a period of time to settle, then going back, bit of comfort and walking out again. So I think you'll find twigging the timeframes is what's the key element in this one. Brilliant. Good luck with that, Grace. The next question comes from Kelly on Facebook. My seven-month-old currently has three sleeps a day, but there isn't much consistency to them, and they gradually seem to be getting shorter. I'd like some advice on, one, how many sleeps he should now be having and when, and two, what we need to do to achieve this. Some notes. He usually wakes once a night for a feed. He occasionally sleeps through and wakes for the day around 6 a.m., if it's yeah. before 5.45 a.m., we try to resettle him yeah. back in bed about two, and a, two hours, 15 minutes after waking, unless obviously tired. Used to sleep around 90 minutes in the morning, which dropped to 75 minutes about a month ago, and now I'm lucky to get an hour. Second sleep is often in the pram and ranges from 30 to 60 minutes. I don't wake him from this. Third sleep ranges from 60 to 90 minutes. I do try to resettle, but he's often either happy and alert or just incredibly resistant, throwing himself around the cot or crawling around. Bed is usually about 6.30 to 7.30, depending on wake times and lengths of sleeps. Eats at least breakfast and dinner each day, often lunch two plus four milk feeds during the day. Okay, so Kelly, I think this is just a really simple, he just needs to move to two sleeps in the day. So the first wake period is two and a half hours. So from when he wakes in the morning, that six o'clock range, we would be putting him into bed at about 8.30. And that little 15 minutes probably makes the difference in getting his sleep back. And they usually have about an hour and a half, so somewhere around there. From waking, he then goes three hours. So what it does is it drops that middle sleep that you're doing in the pram and it combines those two sleeps together to give you an afternoon sleep. So two and a half hours awake, then asleep, then three hours awake and then asleep. And then I think you'll get more traction, even if they're both only an hour and a half, but better sleep overall than all these little bits of sleep that he's getting. So I think he's just ready to go to two sleeps in the day. Okay. The next question's from Jacinta on email. Yeah. I have a eight-month-old who is a great happy baby who self-settles and has stopped overnight feeds. Yep. He, however, has a dummy, and this is all new to me as my first was a thumb sucker. <laughs> okay. 
He goes to bed well and naps well, but with a dummy. He wakes up once or up to a couple of times a night for us to put his dummy back in. This is a quick process, but I would love for him to do it himself. How do I teach this or do I get rid of it? He has just moved to formula and is having three bottles a day, none overnight and doesn't use the dummy during wait times. He naps from 9.30 to 10.15 and from 12.15 to 2.45 and then down between 7, 7.30 and wakes for the day around 7. Before you answer that, can I just say how well you have trained our listeners? Because <laughs> once upon a time, people would write in and not have this detail, but Jacinta and everyone before, have you always know, put in the how wait time. How much information so we well need. well done, Chris, and thank you very much, everyone That's else. It's a pleasure. Um, so, Jacinta, the first thing we would do here, because on reading this, it looks like a dummy issue, but I think we could try something beforehand before we just throw the dummy out and create a new crying problem. So um, the first thing looking at the timing in this is I'd move your second sleep out a little bit, just in little increments, and maybe try and keep him awake for three hours um, between his morning sleep and his afternoon sleep. Now, the reasoning for that is that if we had to get rid of the dummy, we'd have him in the right time frames. The next thing I would do is, yes, upon reading this, it looks a little bit like a dummy issue, but he sleeps really well in the day and initially he sleeps well at night. So uh, what I tend to do with babies like this is I give them a period of time of settling before I give them the dummy to find out if it's a settling problem or a dummy problem. So say you gave him three, four, five minutes to try and self-settle before you went in there with the dummy. In time, he might start calming himself down, long periods of not crying, feels like he's going off to sleep. And if not, then you could come in and give him the dummy. If you did this for a few days and you always ended up giving the dummy, then in essence, we've got a dummy issue. So at that point, you then ask yourself, are we happy to live with what we've got? A couple of dummy drops a night or, you know, one dummy drop a night? Or do we really want to fix this? And in that case, then we're going to have to get rid of the dummy. So at that point, I'd do this over a weekend. I'd no more dummies from Saturday morning. There's no more dummies. You have to collect the dummies and throw them out because the only way they get a dummy is when a parent puts it in their mouth. So therefore, we need the dummies out of the house so that you don't tempt yourself by giving the dummy (laughs) and inadvertently creating the same problem. So once you've made that decision and then we're going to do that little incremental leaving him to self-settle, going in, laying him down, give him a few pats once he's calm, out again, another period of time to get him to self-settle back in again. You might need to swap out your dummy for a bit of a comforter, you know, something appropriate for his age in the cot. Um, But I have a feeling that this, if you give him windows to try and self-settle, that you'll still be able to use the dummy in the right way to calm and settle him and that he's going to learn to longingate those sleep patterns at night. Okay, Jacinta, good luck. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed, Play, Love will be back answering more questions right after this. 
When you become a parent, you enter an exclusive club, one that only other parents can truly understand. I spent a lot of time running and yelling names. Come back, get back here. But I bought him one of those backpacks that had a lead, like, you yeah. know, a monkey one. Because it doesn't look as bad. Yeah, like a disguise. <laughs> the Parent Panel is a weekly podcast that invites adults to ponder the big questions of looking after small children with more than a bit of humour mixed in. Join us for The Parent Panel wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. This question comes from Ems on Facebook. Yep. She is just wondering if there is any safe age to give a child a pillow in their cot. My son was two in March and has just started asking for a pillow. Um, yeah, she could give him a child's pillow in the cot, which is a much thinner profile. Is it safe? Well, he's going to get one in the bed eventually. So I usually what I would do is I don't put a pillow in their cot until I'm getting to the stage where I'm going to trans, um, transfer them into a big bed. And in the couple of weeks before I do that, I make his cot up as a bed. So I put, you know, his pillow in and his sheet and his blanket. And I'm sort of seeing whether he stays under it and on the pillow. And is he comfy and calm before I put him in a big bed? So up until that point, technically, they don't need a pillow in their bed, as in developmentally, they don't need a pillow in their bed. So um, I I think this one is more about whether you feel comfortable with putting a pillow in the bed. Although you could also look at Red Nose Australia. They'd have very... Well, they'll sign no. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) If you're worried, always err on the side of caution, I'd say. And if Red Nose Australia recommend no at two, then maybe leave it until, as Chris says, you're ready to move him to a big bed. But I would also hazard a guess, because I've been doing this a long time with Chris, that Chris would probably recommend uh, not moving to a big bed until about two and a half. That's right. See, I'm learning too. <laughs> That's I get right. stars for that? So when I'm on holidays, she's just going <laughs> to take no, no, over. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah, I would be cautious and I do it towards the window when I'm putting them in a big bed. Okay. Mm. Um, and sorry, if that doesn't help you with him, he'll still be asking you for a pillow. Yeah. Um, Tell him he can have it outside the cot. Yeah. Mm. Rachel has uh, three-month-old twins. This is another question from Facebook. Yep. They're corrected four and a half months yep. actual age. Yep. One is catnapping day sleeps. I resettle for almost two hours to make the day and feeds work. One hour is 35 minutes awake time. She is very ready for bed. I have to hold her for the last 10 minutes. Should I just keep resettling? It's been about two full weeks of very consistent resettling, and you're probably very tired, Rachel. Yes. You have to keep resettling. It's more their age. So if you've got a nice little pattern that you're sticking to with them, um, you know, a daily rhythm, rhythmic pattern, and you've got your boundaries around the sleep windows that you want, the answer is that you need to keep resettling. You often need to resettle little babies, whether you have one or two, um, across that three, four-month window. It's where they're very alert, very aware, very... Um, clear about what happens in associating to sleep. So you get a lot of reactive behavior like, no, I'm not going to go to sleep. I need you to help me more. So it's a little bit of a tough time, but when you come out the window at the other end or the tunnel at the other end, you'll come out in the right way. So if you can, and with support, I would keep resettling. Okay. Good luck. So when you say support, you bring in people to help so she's not doing it all the time? Yeah, and I think, I think people like, um, I feel that lots of 
you know, mums at home, because they're at home all the time, don't sort of pull on the fact that their partners can help out um, at night, that they don't have to, or if their mothers are around and they want to help, explain to them what you've been doing and let them help, because it's it's a big thing to do that resettling and it's really easy to think I just not going it's never going to happen and I'm not going to do it and to sort of give up on it but if you ask people who have stuck at it and they come out the other side at about four and a half five months so that you have to do in the adjustment for the twins you'll be amazed at how well they do sleep so it is tough and I don't think we're very good at saying actually this patch is a bit tough and actually let it be what it is, and it is a bit tough, but that you're doing the right thing. And mm. then I think, you know, if somebody could be honest and say, yes, it is tough, and yes, you should keep doing it in your whatever daily rhythm that you're using, then you will find that at the end they will sleep well and they'll sleep well. So it, And hopefully you can yeah, get that support. In the long term. Through. They'll sleep well in the long term. Mm. So whatever support you might need to do it, whether it's chatting to us, whether it's, you know, your partner coming in and helping you on the weekends and you're all being on the right page, it will work in the end. Okay. Good luck, Rachel. This email comes from Tara. Um, we've got a little boy who's almost two and a half. Yes. I've heard you say this is the average time to move them into a big bed. Yes. So our boy is still in his cot and loves it. He yeah. still has a day sleep. Not sure how long he actually sleeps as he will happily play in there, but will be in his cot for up to three, three and a half hours Holy a day. <laughs> he really loves his cot. Um, and he sleeps through at night. Again, we'll talk and play before he falls asleep and when he wakes up in the morning. So should she move him to a big bed if he is happy in his cot? No, leave him in his cot. If you have no reason for somebody to move into that cot, like there's not that that effect. I think if he's happy in the cot and we're going to go through winter, he'll be nice and snug and warm in, warm in, in the cot. Leave him in the cot, move him to the bed at the end of winter. The only thing that I would be really conscious here is the amount of time he's in the cot in the day because this might implode on you, not about the cot, but just about sleep. So for a two and a half year old, I would only let him sleep for about two hours. So just so you can keep managing this and that he keeps sleeping for you, I would, if you're putting him down at 12.30, I would get him up at 2.30. I think three to three and a half hours, even in play, is a long time to be put in your cot. So manage that bit so that you have that sleep much longer. And I think you'll be surprised at how well he keeps sleeping. Oh, brilliant. I like that one. This comes from... Trina, who has a 14-month-old, she's from Facebook. I have a 14-month-old. I think he's trying to transfer to one sleep. Awake time is anywhere from 4.30 till 5 a.m. Oh, my lordy. Ouch. Sometimes it could be later. He seems to want to go down at 11.30 p.m. and get up around 2-ish if he sleeps any later than 2.30. But some days he's up early and needs two naps. Sometimes he wants to nap as late as 4 p.m. and then we've got a face plant emoji. So what time is the best to be putting him down for one day nap? 11.30. Okay. So transferring from two sleeps to one sleep, um, I think first we have to fix the 4.30, 5 o'clock because you must be exhausted and he's not going to make it to 11.30 because he'll keep getting overtired. So I think you've got two little issues which you're probably aware of. One is the early morning wake up. But by moving him to one sleep, it might fix the early morning wake up. So um, we sort of need to get him to more the six o'clock window 
then put him down at 11.30 and he needs to sleep for two to two and a half hours. So getting up around the one thirty two o'clock window and then going down at seven. So I do think that moving him to one sleep will fix the overall problem, but I think you might struggle if he's waking as early as 4.30 or 5 to get him to 11.30 without him being overtired. So I think you need to work on that one and getting him back to sleep, then move him to 11.30, and then at 16 months it goes to 12, and 18 months it goes to 12.30, and then give him two and a half hours sleep and then put him down at 7, and I think then the whole thing will start coming together for you. All right. This is a very long email um, and we're kind of running out of time. So let's um, go to Caroline on the Facebook Live. This is a three-year-old. My toddler will be three in July and he hasn't napped in his crib or now bed in a few months, but he will sleep usually in the car in the afternoon. It hasn't affected bedtime and I actually encourage it. Otherwise, he's miserable in the afternoon. Been there, Caroline. Um, My problem is on days when he doesn't nap. Sometimes he goes days without one. He always wakes up super early in the morning. He's usually in bed around 8, sometimes 8.30, which is late, but it's just what works with our older son and doing bedtime together. So... Uh. Okay. So he's not napping in his... Um, so he's not napping, but it doesn't say what time he's waking in the morning because 8, 8.30 is... Quite late. Quite late. Yeah, quite late. So, you know, you might be pushing him on one end and it's affecting the other end. So I would think at three, he doesn't need to sleep in the day. I think randomly getting naps in the car, it depends on how much sleep. So I reckon between three and three and a half, four. Occasionally, they'll have a quick 15 minutes in the car because the sun's coming in. It's, you know, you've been out and you've been doing things. But the later that that nap is, the more it affects when they go to sleep and they sleep overnight. So ideally, you try not to let him have a nap unless you were going out for dinner and you needed him to be calm and pleasant to people. Um, So... And that's potluck anyway. That's true. (laughs) Um, But so I would be getting him off the nap, but I'd be putting him to bed earlier. I'd be putting him to bed um, about 7.30 at the latest. And you have good tips for that because it sounds like um, the reason it's late is probably the boys are in the same room. And you do have tips on how to manage Yeah, that's right. So we put put the first one to bed. So we do his little story in there and give him his cuddle and his kiss and put him down and put him to sleep. And then the older child is outside and then outside we do the older child's stories and cuddles, whatever time they need it for going to sleep. And then we tiptoe them in and put them into bed. Depending on the age between these boys, what I think they might have done is they've both realised that they can go to bed together. So they're mucking up. That's what my kids do. Yeah, that's right. So it's so in interesting, that case, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because what I, know. Would, what I would say about that in my experience, because I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, yeah. and I do put them, we do put them to bed at the same time. Oh. But I've often thought, well, when I was a kid, that's right. When I was younger. Mm. The elder one always got to stay up. Yeah, that's right. Later, and we did share a bedroom. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, why do I have to mummy guilt? <laughs> why do Parent I have to guilt. put my kids at the same Parent time? Guilt. Yeah, it's true. But if you can manage it, like you're yeah. saying, by just putting doing... the younger one in the yeah. right age group. So he's three, so we'd put him to bed around seven thirty, mm. and then the older one stays up. Because the older one often, this is what I find, the older one often is expected to be the older one and they need that nurture time. 
They need that cuddle. They need that bit that says that you're not the big kid. You are just a five-year-old or a seven-year-old and you need your cuddles and you need your calmness and you don't always need your brothers around for it. I think it allows you to focus in on those children for half an hour. Because mm. it's easy, as you know, to life just rolls along, doesn't it? Yeah. And you keep creating the same behaviour, but actually they're different ages. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do it for me, Caroline. <laughs> She's Do not. it for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is I get my husband to put my son to bed, to bed. and I put my daughter to bed, Good. so it's a bit easier for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have time for one last question. Sure. This is from Vinit. Um, My son has always wanted to be hugged and picked up. He's 23 months. If we don't, he cries and he comes to me anyway. How do, how do you manage a clingy toddler? Um, this is a tough one because sometimes they're clingy because they don't sleep very well. And sometimes they're just, they just haven't, don't have that resilience. So they need much longer to do transitions. So what I mean by that is if he's not sleeping well, so he's 23 months, so around two hours in the day and sleeping well for you at night, he's clingy because he's tired. And, and he can't regulate because he is tired. So is that the reason he's clingy? Or is he sleeping beautifully, but he's clingy because he just needs longer to make transitions? So we go to play date and he's been playing with this friend, but he won't run off and play while you have a cup of tea. It's because that transition is too quick for him. He wants to sit on your knee. He wants to feel comfortable before he gets down and goes and does something. So I think you need to work out whether this is a tiredness problem or whether he's just that child that needs to take longer to make different transitions. So sometimes it's easier, pick him up, give him a cuddle, calm him down, or just let him calm down, put him back down and then distracting him into, oh, let's go and play with the books or the blocks or the cars and see if that helps the average clingy baby. So I would say at 23 months, it's probably back, back on tiredness more than it is on temperament. And I'm just going to say, throwing a curveball in here, that my interruption before meant we didn't properly answer Caroline's question. Oh. All we said was um, stagger the age. So her question was about naps during the day for her three-year-old. Yeah, I'd stop them. So you're saying stop them and bring his bedtime earlier and stagger them. Sorry about that, Caroline. Got to be excited (laughs) with your, resonating (laughs) with your story. Um, Okay, so the idea is... Given he does, she has said he gets up at 6am, so it's quite a long time. Yeah, that's right. It's a very long day for him. So if he's getting up at 6am, I'd be putting um, him down to bed by 7. I'd be starting his stories and giving him his cuddles and having a chat about the day so he could walk out by 7.30 and then let him go into a deep sleep and then put your other child down after that. Okay. Well, um, that's all the time we have on Helpline and this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you're watching along live on the Babyology Facebook page, thank you so much for all your questions. Um, but before I let you go, um, this Tuesday night, um, we have a special Helpline Extra, this time with moi and Chris. And we're having a deep dive into a topic, which I can't remember what it is, but it will be very interesting. Um, so if you want to check out a intensive five-minute topic that will remain a mystery. Um, Make sure you check out the Babyology Facebook page. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.